0: What's up everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The Fantasy Fellow Show. I'm your host, The Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at The Fellow KGB and tonight it is Wednesday evening, the 18th of November. at 6 o'clock p.m. Central time. We're going to be going over my Thursday night football game preview. We got a really good one on Thursday night football. We got the Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks. This game, uh, we already had one of these games earlier this year. I think it was the Sunday night football game, and it was a doozy. So there should be a lot of fun in this one, a lot of fantasy points. We're going to look at some practice reports. We're going to go over some of the notes from the last game that these two played between each other. And then we're just going to kind of, I guess, roll over my start-sit chart. So I'm going to hop into a screen share over on the fantasyfellowship.com. And uh, we'll just click into the week 11 start sit charts here. Uh, I did post my schedule for the YouTube uh, the rest of the week. We'll kind of see what happens next week with Thanksgiving kind of being a weird uh, schedule day. But we do have Thursday Night Football, Cardinals, and Seattle Seahawks. There's going to be a lot of guys that we want to get into this one for fantasy football. Uh, And then I do list the fantasy points allowed to the quarterbacks and all the other positions here. But before we get to that, I want to read over the practice report for this one. Uh, We got a couple important news pieces here. We'll start with Seattle because there's a couple more people uh, probably not playing in this one. So they already did, I mean, they're, they're pretty much ruling out Chris Carson in this one. They have him listed as questionable, but I think he's, not pro- he's just probably not going to play. So you see Chris Carson up here questionable with the foot injury. He didn't practice today, so not a good sign. We're probably going to be without Chris Carson uh, again for this week. And then you do have Carlos Hyde down here who's been logging full practices yesterday and today. So it looks like Carlos Hyde is probably going to be the lead back in this one. They did list Travis Homer here as doubtful. He practiced yesterday, but then not today. So that's not a good sign there. So that's probably going to leave the Seahawks with Carlos Hyde, Alex Collins, and then the rookie DJ Dallas. So that's going to probably be the pecking order for snaps and touches tomorrow night in that one. And then as far as receivers here, Tyler Lockett was questionable. Uh, He didn't practice yesterday. He got a limited in today. So I guess that's a good progression that we want to see there. So the expectation is that he will play. I'm not really sure how difficult the knee injury is going to be for him to play. So he might just be a little bit limited. I don't know if he's going to get a full snap count or what. But if you remember Tyler Lockett, we were kind of, I mean, I was going to go over this in a second here, but earlier in the year, 34 to 37, Arizona wins in overtime. And this was the Tyler Lockett 50-burger. If you're in PPR leagues, 15 catches, 200 yards, and three touchdowns, pretty much leaving nothing for DK Metcalf. So we have a banged up Tyler Lockett this week. This, I think this was the game that Chris Carson got hurt. So he's probably not going to play in this one. So you see Carlos Hyde did have some success on the ground against Uh, The Cardinals in this one, and then on the opposite side here, you see Kyler Murray blow it up for 360 yards, three touchdowns and interception. Uh, The running backs here, I think this was the game that Kenyon Drake got hurt in as well. So Chase Edmonds was the highlight of this one. He had five carries, 58 yards, broke a 32 off here. And then in the receiving game, you see Chase, Chase Edmonds go 7 for 87. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins got his with 10 for 103 and a touchdown. Larry Fitzgerald had a pretty good game. Christian Kirk had 5 for 37 and two touchdowns. So there's a lot of pieces uh, for fantasy football in this one that we like to probably get into our lineups. And then with the whole Tyler Lockett in the knee situation right now, I'm wondering if DK Metcalf gets a little bit uh, more action than he did back in this. I think this was week seven but only two for 23 for DK Metcalf on five targets. He did have a touchdown call back in that one. There was kind of a questionable blocking call, so he might have had a a good enough fantasy day there for us. But overall, both quarterbacks threw three touchdowns, both over 350 yards, actually. And then both teams had some success on the ground here, so I don't know if we're going to see quite the fantasy bonanza that we saw in Week 7, but it should be a really good show here. So uh, I guess before we get to the start-sit charts, I did want to just look at, couple other guys here there's a center out for the seahawks a guard out here i think these are just backups here shaq griffin's going to be out and Quentin dunbar is going to be out so they're down two of their best cornerbacks and then on the arizona side of things let's look at this real quick um they have ruled out uh, justin mary Corey peters and jordan phillips i think these guys are all kind of secondary role players here so nothing too crazy on the cardinal side of things um Daryl Daniels questionable at tight end Max Williams questionable at tight end a safety here. So overall the fantasy health is pretty good for the Cardinals So let's get into the start sit charts. You got the Cardinals on the left Seahawks on the right here and then uh, down here I do list the fantasy points allowed to each position And you see quite a bit of green matchups here. We did just go over the ESPN game log from this week seven game. Both quarterbacks or both teams allow quite a bit of quarterback points. You see the green and the green there. The Cardinals are better against the running backs here. Only about 22 PPR points to the running backs. And the Seahawks are towards the bottom here about 25. So not that much difference, but... Uh, three points is kind of a big deal in fantasy football sometimes. So the Cardinals are a little bit stingier. The Seahawks, you can run against them. Both teams are, are very bad against the wide receivers. You see the Cardinals here about 41.3 PPR points to the receivers. And then the Seahawks are clearly the worst team against the wide receivers here. 57.4 points, PPR points to the wide receiver position here. So we're going to love all the, the options there on the Cardinal side of things. And then both teams are pretty good against the tight end. The Cardinals allow about 10.5 points to the tight end. Seahawks a little bit better at 9.2. So we really don't trust either team's tight ends. They kind of have a committee situation going on in both. So how do we attack this game on the Cardinal side of things? I mean, basically at both sides. You're going to take Murray and you're going to take Russell Wilson. Those guys are going to be in your lineups for sure. I don't really have a good read on either team's running back situation, so I have them all listed as flexes. So Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds. Carlos Hyde, Alex Collins. I did want to pull up the opportunity report from last week because we did have a game with Kenyon Drake and chase Edmonds all back in the backfield together. So this was Drake's first game back. And I think maybe two or three weeks. He comes in and gets more snaps, 38 snaps to 36 Edmonds snaps, 16 carries for 100 yards last week. Edmonds only gets eight for 56. So Edmonds is still playing good. He's still catching targets here. He's still getting, you know, a good amount of of PPR points here for you. And then uh, Kenyon Drake, just one catch, one target, nine yards. And he did have a costly fumble here. But uh, for the most part, it's probably gonna continue to be a 50-50 split, I would imagine. And with Chase Edmonds, he does he's gonna get more he's gonna get more targets, more catches, so he still has a pretty safe floor in PPR leagues. If you started Chase Edmonds last week, this would have been what uh 5.1, 5.6, uh, 10.7 points. That's still uh, a flexible RB2, low-end RB2 number. And then with Kenyon Drake here, you're going to get the 10 points here, minus two for the fumble, so eight and 1.9. So each each guy got about 10 points last weekend. And uh, just looking back at the box score from before, I do like both guys here as low-end RB2 flexes. And if this game kind of gets, you know, blown out of proportion again and there's a potential for overtime and a lot of throwing the ball around, that's going to favor Chase Edmonds, uh, especially if the Seahawks get a lead early. So I like both Kenyon Drake and both Chase Edmonds We did say that the Seahawks are vulnerable against, I mean, they're pretty much vulnerable against everything against tight end. So you're going to like both Drake and Edmonds for high floors tomorrow night. And then with the receivers, of course, you're starting DeAndre Hopkins and the Hail Mary play last weekend. You're not going to bench DeAndre Hopkins at all. So uh, the one guy that did let us down last weekend was Christian Kirk. Just looking at the opportunity report again. He was third in snaps with 54 snaps here, 74%, six targets, four catches, 27 yards. So 6.20 or 6.7 uh, fantasy points there. A little bit more to be desired from Christian Kirk. I'm not sure uh if they if they were looking for him deep at all on that one. I didn't really re- I didn't get to re-watch that game at all. But uh, other than last weekend, Christian Kirk has been on a roll and he's been a pretty consistent guy for us in our lineup. So you see basically all the way back to week two. That was his worst game since, you know, the second game of the season. So he's had three straight 20 point games, a 10 and a 12 up here and an eight. So I got to think that he's going to continue to have a floor of six to eight points. And then, uh, I mean, against Seattle, he did catch two touchdowns. If he goes five for 37, that's a decent floor again there. So it's a matter of him scoring touchdowns in this one. Uh, But I like his chances. So he should be in our lineups as a wide receiver three. And then I do have Larry Fitzgerald here. Just because we saw uh, earlier in the year, I think Larry Fitzgerald ended up with like seven or eight catches in this one. Let me just pull him up. I just want to make sure. And if we're expecting this game to kind of be a shootout, a lot of passing numbers for both quarterbacks, I do think Larry Fitzgerald can be a guy that we can use. Last weekend wasn't a very good game for him in Buffalo. But the week before that, Miami, four for 54. And against Seattle here, he did catch all eight of his targets for 62 yards. So Kyler Murray threw the ball around a ton. So if you're need, if you desperate and you need to get a, a wide receiver three in there or something like that, maybe Larry Fitzgerald could be your guy here. So I just have him there with a the question. We're not using the Cardinals defense. We're not interested in the tight ends or Andy Isabella. So it's a pretty like straightforward fantasy evaluation. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, for sure. Christian Kirk can be a wide receiver three flex. Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, they both kind of have the same value. I I think I like Chase Edmonds a little bit more in a PPR league. And uh, and then maybe consider Larry Fitzgerald there if you need some help at wide receiver. So on the the Seattle Seahawks side of things, it's another pretty simple evaluation here. Cardinals give up quarterback points and they give up wide receiver points here. So that just plays right into the strengths here. Russell Wilson, he's going to be a top five option this weekend as well. With Tyler Lockett, I'm not really sure how to evaluate this. He's, he's questionable. He's going to play, it sounds like, tomorrow for sure. And, I mean, he's not going to get, you know, the 53-point game that we got last time. He's already a little bit dinged up in this one. I would imagine the Cardinals' defense is, is – I mean, they know what Tyler Lockett did to them. They're not going to let this happen again. So I'm thinking the Seahawks are going to go into this one and try to figure out how do we get DK Metcalf the ball. And then this has actually been a problem uh, – With DK Metcalf, he's played against the the Cardinals three times in his career so far. And I'm just pulling up uh, the the website StatMuse. You just type in the player who they're playing against, and we're just going to add the word game log. And you're going to see what DK Metcalf has done in his career against the Cardinals. So three games, only two or three career catches, and 29 yards. So he has not been... This is easily his worst team that he's had to play against in a few years. So I'm not excited about DK Metcalf, but if you think about what happened earlier this year, it was all Tyler Lockett. I'm just I'm curious what Tyler Lockett has done against the Cardinals in these, these last few seasons here. So last year, even Tyler Lockett was kind of stifled. Only one for, one for 12, four for 54. So kind of this, this blow-up game out of nowhere. So I'm thinking the Seahawks they know they need to get DK Metcalf involved more. He was not involved last week. And I'd be shocked if they don't find a way to get him the ball more often in this one. I'll be curious to see if Patrick Peterson just locks onto DK Metcalf. But uh, like I talked about at the beginning of the show, DK Metcalf actually, he scored a touchdown that got called back back in week seven in this game. So I I'm optimistic that DK Metcalf can, can be back into our good graces as a wide receiver two or three in this one. So you're starting Lockett, you're starting DK Metcalf. The one guy that does interest me a little bit here is going to be David Moore. And he's actually had a couple good games in a row now I don't think he had a very good game the whole team you know struggled last weekend uh, but before uh, they ran into the Rams defense David Moore was starting to come on a little bit and if you think that this game is going to be another 30point you know high scoring affair potential overtime game you do see David Moore uh, kind of come into here with 17.1 13.6 an 8.8 it looks like he did not play in the Seattle game so Oh, no, he did play in the Arizona game. So he goes three for 54. He even got a carry in that one. So he puts up an 8.8 floor. It wouldn't surprise me if, if Tyler Lockett's dinged up a little bit. Maybe David Moore gets a little bit more attention uh, in the target department, a little bit more volume his way. So I'm, I'm open to David Moore as being a really deep wide receiver three flex option. And then with the running backs here, let's just pull up the, the Week 10 opportunity report. Just roll down here to Seattle. I'm curious to see the total snap counts for Alex Collins. So where are we? So Alex Collins last weekend, 32 snaps, 48% to DJ Dallas. He was the number two back with 22 snaps, 33%, 11 carries for Collins, only two for DJ Dallas, two targets, three targets. So uh, I would imagine they're going to kind of use, uh, and they've already pretty much said Travis Homer's not going to play in this one. So we're going to have Carlos Hyde, Alex Collins, and DJ Dallas. I would imagine. Dallas kind of moves down to the homer line here Collins goes down to the Dallas line and you're probably going to see Carlos Hyde get anywhere between 10 to 15 touches almost 50% of the snap load and like I said before we did look at the the game here before and we saw Carlos Hyde had a pretty nice day against uh, these Cardinals here I'm just pulling that back up right now and we'll kind of just go over those those stats from back in week seven here so just looking at the box score you see I can't remember when Chris Carson got hurt. It might have been on the end of the first drive, but Carlos Hyde played, he filled in really well. 15 carries, 68 yards, and a touchdown. He added a catch for seven, or three catches for eight yards here. So that was a really solid day for Carlos Hyde owners. Uh, no one probably started him, but uh, in this one, if he's you know 100% good to go, he's practicing in full, maybe Carlos Hyde gets a little bit more carries and more run in this one. And then as far as tight ends down here, We're not super excited to start Will Disley or Jacob Hollister or Greg Olson. They kind of use all these guys uh, in different ways here. But you see Greg Olson, 72% snaps, Will Disley 36. Jacob Hollister, only 9% snaps here. If you had to pick one guy to start as a tight end like streaming option, Greg Olson is the one getting the snaps here. So if, if you had to, I think that's how it would roll here. We're not concerned with uh these backup running backs here so this one should be a really fun game here i did want to kind of just look and see uh use ff today and kind of see how teams have been playing lately so the seahawks i mean everyone knows the seahawks have one of the the most uh inexperienced secondaries they allow a lot of points a lot of yards a lot of everything so i'm just kind of curious to see uh last weekend they limited jared goff to no touchdowns jared goff still threw for 300 yards but uh, they let Josh Allen rip them up for 415. They let, I mean, Nick Mullins and Jimmy Garoppolo, they kind of got the best of them in this game, but they still allowed the 49ers to throw for over 300 yards, another 360 here for Kyler Murray, 250 and two touchdowns for Kirk Cousins. That's a pretty good game for the Vikings passers. And then, I mean, there's a really good chance that Kyler Murray throws for another 300 yards and in two or three touchdowns here. You see some of the scores here. I think Kyler Murray is going to be a really good play tomorrow night. And then let's just take a look at the Cardinals here and see how they've been doing against quarterbacks lately. So last weekend, they played against Josh Allen, 284 yards, two touchdowns. Tua Tagovailoa, by Loa, 248, two touchdowns. Russ Wilson, 388 and three. And then Andy Dalton, even threw for 266 and a touchdown here. So it's looking like a really high floor. You see some pretty good numbers here again Josh Allen, Tua. Russell Wilson, these have been some of their, their previous matchups here. So I'm, I'm thinking both quarterbacks are locked for 20 points. Both have great chances and odds at 300-yard games and multiple touchdowns. So a ton of fun here. First place is on the line in the NFC West. So the schedule makers did a really good job this weekend. I mean, I don't know if they knew, you know, looking forward here that Kyler Murray was going to take such a nice step. But we got Arizona-Seattle. We got a handful of noon games here. I'm going to be carefully watching – uh, Tennessee, Baltimore—you know that's got playoff implications in it. We'll see if New England can kind of keep going here. So there's a lot to like here in the noon slate. And then uh, as far as the three o'clock games, you got Green Bay and Indianapolis. That's a really fun playoff. Both teams are in the playoffs. We'll see if two can keep winning. And then it's all capped off by Kansas City at Las Vegas. That's going to be a revenge game for the Chiefs, who lost that home earlier this year to the, to the Raiders. And then Tampa Bay and the chart and the the Los Angeles Rams here. So there's a lot of uh, playoff teams playing each other. If we just look at the playoff standings here, uh, I mean, the Raiders are a five seed, Colts are a four seed. They both have tough matchups this weekend. So that could open up, you know, things for teams like Baltimore and Tennessee. The loser of this game all of a sudden is going to probably drop down to ninth or tenth in the AFC. So there's a lot of jockeying for position here. We could see New England move up to five and five. We could see Tennessee drop to six and four. Uh, the Cleveland Browns going up against the Eagles. You know, that's a lot. There's a lot of playoff jockeying for position and same thing in fantasy football leagues. I think we're in a really good spot this year. I mean, it's week 11, so you kind of know what's on your schedule the next three weeks. You should know how many points you have to get if you if you have the option to get into the playoffs on points or you're just kind of looking around at records. So um, overall, pretty exciting Thursday night football game. I think if anyone has any questions in the chat room, you can go ahead and fire away there. I think I'm just going to kind of pull up some um some some information and some news that we'll have on roto world here but if you're new to the fellow kgb channel and the fantasy fellowship go ahead and subscribe to the youtube channel i do have my youtube schedule posted here on the website we're going live pretty much five days a week at six o'clock central time here and then on saturdays i have to sync up with my friend jesse and i'll probably announce that time on thursday or friday once i talk to him about it but overall we're pumping out a lot of content we'll be going live tomorrow to talk about all of the noon games here so if you are new to the fellowship uh fantasyfellowship.com i have my week 11 start sit charts all ready to go you can check those out and all the fantasy points allowed to the you know to the physicians there uh, but we're gonna be talking about the eagles and the browns tomorrow night we'll look at the falcons and the saints still don't know who's starting at quarterback for the saints so that's something to keep an eye on too we got the bengals in washington we'll see if joe burrow can overcome that pass rush we're going to talk about the lions panthers tomorrow night as well as the steelers jaguars and then the Titans and the Ravens, that's probably my favorite noon game of the week. A lot of playoff implications in that one. And then Patriots, Texans, and that'll cover us up for tomorrow night's game. So we're just going to pop over to Roto World. I'm just going to kind of just read the news and see if anything sticks out or what uh, what potential new things we could find. So Joe Mixon held out of practice again today. This is getting frustrating here. Um, he's, he's, he's week to week at this point. If he doesn't play, you're going to probably want to start Giovanni Bernard again in PPR leagues. I mean, last weekend was a train wreck for the whole Bengals offense going up against Pittsburgh. A little bit easier matchup. The Washington football team is still pretty dang good uh, with the pass rush and and holding running backs and receivers to low points. So I'm assuming at this point, Joe Mixon's probably not going to play for us this weekend. We'll see more Giovanni Bernard and probably more Joe Burrow flinging around a lot of passes. We got good news today on Calvin Ridley. He was able to practice on a limited basis. We'll see if he can go back-to-back limiteds and then maybe a full by Friday. I think that would be a great week of practice to get Calvin Ridley back into the fold. They play against the Saints. So Atlanta, all of a sudden, Atlanta's kind of hanging around. I think they've won three games in a row or at least three out of the last four. So Atlanta's starting to come around here. They're still playing for, for Raheem Moores, and they have a lot to prove with Matt Ryan yet. So Calvin Ridley hopefully back in our lineups this weekend. Let's just keep moving on here. No Gardner Minshew this weekend. That means more Jake Luton. Uh, James Robinson limited today with a shoulder injury. That's the first time I've heard about it. So I don't know if this is just maybe kind of Wednesday is typically in the in the practice, you know, scope of the week. Wednesday is typically that that day off for a lot of banged up players or veteran players. So I'm thinking we'll see James Robinson full practice tomorrow. No LaVisca Chenault today. It makes sense for him to practice tomorrow as well. Uh, but the, the Jaguars going up against the Steelers. We'll see what Jake Luton's made of, but I think they're going to lean heavily on James Robinson again in this one. Again, Chris Carson unlikely to play tomorrow night. We're going to probably pivot towards Carlos Hyde. If you need a starting running back, Carlos Hyde, he rushed for a touchdown last time. He caught three passes, 60-some you know, rushing yards. He was a capable backup there. He can be your RB2 tomorrow night. No Matthew Stafford. He's got the, the ligament and the thumb in his throwing hand. So this is something that we definitely have to keep an eye on. We did see Kenny Galladay come back to practice today. Marvin Jones wasn't in practice today, but at least Galladay's back. That's a good sign that we're going to get him back in our lineups this weekend. You got Matt Breida coming back from a hamstring injury. That'll take maybe a little bit of steam off the Salvin Ahmed, but uh, we'll see if he can go the rest of the week with the practice reports. Again, Tyler Lockett questionable tomorrow night. It's leaning like he's going to play. I don't think there's anything too crazy. But uh, it's all going to be Carlos Hyde, probably a lot of you know DK Metcalf. That's probably going to be the staple points of the offense tomorrow night. No Danny Amendola at practice. So that's weird. No, no Danny, no Marvin, but Kenny Galladay does practice. So I guess that's a good thing there. So we got Steven Drakes in the chat room asking, would you play Drake full PPR? What are your options to use besides Kenyon Drake? Um, we did. I mean, Kenyon Drake, he does have like a, a high floor in this one. I think teams can run on the seattle seahawks and i'm trying to remember what drake did i think this was the game where he got hurt against uh the seahawks earlier in the year so i'm just curious what his numbers were so he goes Week seven, 14 carries, 34 yards, and just a catch in seven yards here. So, this was not a, a really high marquee game for him. Uh, if we're expecting this, this Seahawks and Cardinals game to be a high scoring affair, I think that's going to favor Chase Edmonds to be on the field a little bit more in passing situations and maybe catch up mode. So, it really depends, uh, Steven, if I guess who, who are your options that you could start over him? I'm kind of hesitant. He did look okay last weekend with his 16 carries and the 100 yards. Uh, but Buffalo, Seattle, they kind of have similar defenses here. It wouldn't surprise me to see Kenyon Drake have a nice game. Uh, but let's just see here. So they said Drake should get a bump up in offensive snaps this weekend. Uh, yes, he actually – I was surprised that he got so many last weekend too. So it's looking like he's going to get a little bit more here. So it's actually flex. Drake or Robert Woods. So I'm I'm a little bit nervous about Robert Woods in this one too uh, because Tampa Bay, I mean, they got they still have really good young cornerbacks. I don't really know what to expect from Jared Goff on Monday night. It's a much tougher matchup, I think. I mean, I think give me Kenyon Drake going up against Seattle versus Robert Woods kind of going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And for some reason, uh, Josh Reynolds has been kind of coming along lately for the Seattle Seahawks or for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Cooper Cup is still there. So I'm a little bit more nervous about Robert Woods. Uh, going up against a tough defense in Tampa Bay. So I think I'm going to say Kenyon Drake uh, makes sense for tomorrow night. And then, yeah, we were looking at the snap counts from last weekend with Arizona. And I mean, first game back for Kenyon Drake, I was surprised he was able to get as many snaps as he did, but 38 snaps for Drake, 20 or 36 for Chase Edmonds, He basically doubled him in touches, which was good to see. He fumbled, uh, but they were still giving him some touches a little bit later in the game. So uh, do we like Kareem Hunt this weekend? So let's just see. I'm going to roll down here looking for the Browns. Browns going up against the Eagles. I still think Kareem Hunt has a pretty high floor because of the PPR leagues. Uh, Let me just move that. So I do have Kareem Hunt listed as a RB2 in PPR leagues. If you look at the Eagles, though, they are one of the better teams going up against the running backs. And uh, let's just kind of pull up here. So the thing that I noticed last weekend was it was Nick Chubb's first game back and Kareem Hunt outsnapped him, had the same amount of carries, and then he also gets the more targets. So Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, it was almost, you know, it was Kareem Hunt's backfield last week. Nick Chubb did get some carries. But uh, I'm curious to see if it's another 50-50 split there. I did want to pull up and see. Let's just take a look and see how the Eagles have been going against running backs the last couple of weeks. Because if that game's going to be a tough game and we're expecting them to have to throw the ball, that's going to favor Kareem Hunt just a little bit in that one. So let's see here. Going up against the Eagles, they're the 28th here. So let's just see the last few games here. Wayne Gallman had a 19-point game. Tony Pollard, 8.4. Wayne Gallman's got their number, apparently. But uh, then Gus Edwards, James Conner, 15.3. McKinnon had a nice game against them. So I think if McKinnon can have a big game again, like they're used very similarly. It wouldn't surprise me to see Kareem Hunt have a nice day. We did see Wayne Gallman catch five passes there. Uh, Who else? You know, Jarek McKinnon caught seven of his eight targets. You know, so they do allow some guys to catch the ball here. I wouldn't be too afraid to start Kareem Hunt. Um, as long as you just keep your expectations, you know, real. He's best used as a flex, but I could see in a PPR league, I think RB2 numbers uh, do make sense for Kareem Hunt. I'll probably talk a little bit more about that game in detail tomorrow night. Uh, but that this is a really fun game here. The Browns are what six and three. The Eagles need to keep, you know, their half game lead in the NFC East, and uh, they're getting healthier on offense. Zach Ertz has been activated off IR. I don't think he's going to play this weekend, but maybe next weekend. Uh, but anyways. Jalen Reger, Travis Fulgham, Dallas Goddard. Eagles finally have a little bit of a healthy offense here, so we'll see if they can kind of keep it up. Um, So we got another question here from our guy, Stephen Drakes. So would you start Christian Kirk, Carlos Hyde, and DJ Chark this week? Uh, Let's see. Uh, Who else are your options there, Mr. Drake? Is this all for one spot? Like, do we have to pick one? Um, If I had to pick one, I do think DJ Chark could have a nice game against the Steelers. The Steelers have been allowing... If the way to attack the Steelers' defense is you you have to attack their secondary. So just looking at a fancy points per game here for uh, DJ Chark going up against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers are down here at 23rd. So this is a green matchup for the Jaguars' passing game. And just looking at some of the numbers of the receivers that they've allowed here, think about T. Higgins. He compares pretty nicely to a DJ Chark, 24.5. Uh, some other big receivers here had some good games. A.J. Brown with 27.3. You see Steve Slayton, 28.2. So these are all guys that, you know, they go vertical. So I, I kind of, it, it feels weird to to want to root for a Jake Luton and Jacksonville offense, but I did, I do think that you can take advantage of the Steelers secondary. And, I mean, if we expect that team to be losing. They're going to have to throw the ball at some point. So DJ Chark, it wouldn't surprise me if he's, I mean, one, he's in the mold of these big play receivers who have been able to beat the Steelers. So I think DJ Chark has a pretty nice ceiling. As far as Christian Kirk, uh, we did pull up and say that Christian Kirk, he did Christian Kirk scored two touchdowns against Seattle uh, earlier. In, I think it was Week Seven when these two teams played here. And the positive thing about Christian Kirk is the the numbers are are indicating that, yeah, you should probably play Christian Kirk. Seattle is the worst team against the wide receiver, 57.4 PPR points allowed here. The next closest is Tennessee with 46. So they got an 11-point lead uh, on the worst secondary here. So just look at the Seattle Seahawks' individual numbers. Again, uh, some of the, I mean, pretty much every receiver that they go against here has a pretty big day. Josh Reynolds had 17.4, Diggs 20.8, A. U. twenty 23.1, Hopkins back in that game had 26.3. Uh, but even, I mean, they usually allow at least two receivers, sometimes three receivers to hit double digits. So if we look back here, DeAndre Hopkins, of course, had the 26.3. Christian Kirk had the two touchdowns and went for 20.7. I mean, even if you take one of those touchdowns away, he's still ending up with 13, 14 points. So I'm kind of, I'm I'm thinking we're going to see Christian Kirk maybe get vertical in this one. Uh, and then I did look at the practice reports here for Seattle. They've already ruled out two of their their starting cornerbacks. So Shaq Griffin and Quentin Dunbar. So Seattle's the worst secondary in the league and they're already down two cornerbacks. Um, so I think, I think I'm a fan of Christian Kirk and then DJ Chark, and then probably Carlos Hyde uh, based on that, uh, those pecking order there. So uh, we got another question here from our guy, Sonny Lar Mayo. So someone offered him Jamal Williams, Rex Burkhead, and CeeDee Lamb for Chase Claypool. Should we take it? His roster is uh, running backs Raheem Mostert, David Johnson, both injured, of course, Matt Breida, LaMichael Piran, and, and Alex Collins. So someone's trying to send you Jamal Williams, Rex Burkhead, and CD Lamb, and at the moment right now you're probably starting Alex Collins and the Michael P Ryan. That's not the best situation to be. Um, so if you're still here, Sonny, uh, who are your other receivers at the moment? So you have Chase Claypool. Do you have a couple other uh, players that you can at least float with to get receivers? I mean, if you can cash in on some Jamal Williams, I mean Rex Burkhead's been scoring touchdowns lately, and, and CD Lamb at least has. Uh, a decent floor in PPR league. so I don't mind it. He doesn't have the touchdown upside of a Chase Claypool right now, uh, but you could potentially get some serviceable points out of CD Lamb. Jamal, I think. I mean, just looking at your running back roster right now, I would probably start Jamal Williams and Rex Burkhead uh, as your starting running backs this weekend. And the thing with Jamal Williams is, even though he is the backup in Green Bay, they do run him about forty percent of the snaps. And he's, he's got a pretty high floor in PPR leagues. So hopefully this is a PPR league for you. I'm just looking for Jamal Williams, his name here. So he's RB 35 on the season and just the last couple games here. So let's just look here. So, I mean, this was a tough game for green Bay. They didn't, I mean, they weren't blowing this team out and, and Jamal Williams comes in there, eight carries, 30 yards. He's always going to get a good amount of catches here. So this was, you know, three catches, four targets, 25 yards. He ends up with 8.5 points. So, I mean, this is a worst case scenario kind of game here. Maybe we see Jamal Williams hit another six, seven, eight-point floor against the Colts. And then with Rex Burkhead, I mean, he's he's kind of their little nifty red zone back there when they, they get close. They like to send him on some wheel routes and try to get him the ball in space. So I I think I'm okay with this, uh with this kind of trade here. And then yeah, you got Kenny Galladay, um, Debo Samuel, or is that Curtis Samuel? Uh, And then T Higgins. So, I mean, in that scenario, you're going to probably be starting Kenny Galladay, who has been, he practiced today. So it looks like he's going to come back here. Uh, And then T Higgins, man, you you just got to kind of leave T Higgins in the lineup. He's been playing so great lately. I think he's finally in the top 25 of wide receivers. So uh, I think you could probably get away with sending away Chase Claypool, especially if, if you, if you, if you're not really getting any other offers, Four running backs. You do have Raheem Mostert probably back next weekend. You do have David Johnson. I think he's got maybe two more weeks. So it does make sense if you want to plug in Jamal Williams or Rex Burkhead this week. So uh, that's probably where I would go if you ha- if you, if you need the help and there's no other good running backs on the waiver wire. Um, I would I would probably take that trade. Um, I did have a list of running backs available on my waiver wire chart though, Sonny. If you wanted to look at the waiver wire report, I mean, if any of these running backs are available. I think you could probably spot start one of these guys. So whether that's McKissick, Damian Harris, we'll see about Salvan Ahmed, definitely Kalen Balaj. I think if you can get any of these four guys, I'd be open to just adding these guys and spot starting them, especially like McKissick in a full PPR league. I think that's a great spot there. And then uh, it really depends if if you really like Claypool, it makes sense to hold on to him. But if you can get a spot starter running back here, I'm open to uh, adding one of those guys on the waiver wire there. Um, so thanks for the question, guys. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight. Uh, I don't know if anyone's into the NBA draft, but I'll probably be paying attention to that uh, in a little bit here. We'll hang out for another maybe five, ten minutes. As long as you guys got more questions, I'll keep hanging out. Um, moving on to back to the practice reports here. Devontae Adams did not practice today. It sounds like he's probably going to be like limited at best the rest of the week. I think he's going to play. So it's interesting, though. It's a tough matchup, and it wouldn't surprise me if I held him out, but I'm, I'm leaning towards Adams playing. Maybe he's a little bit limited this week, so we'll check out his reports on Thursday and Friday. No, Noah Font today, uh, a little bit – he's been kind of dinged up the last three or four games, so I'm not really sure what happened this time. It does say he's been battling a high ankle sprain, so maybe this is just – you know, the Wednesday, Wednesday practice periods are sometimes uh, a little bit misinformative because that's usually a day – where they give some of their, their more banged up players a day of rest. They care more about practice participation on Thursday and Friday. So I think Noah Fant should be okay uh, to go this weekend. We'll, we also have to watch about Drew Locke. I didn't see an update here yet, but we'll get to him uh, in a little bit. And uh, hey, man, no problem. Thanks for hanging out tonight. I uh, appreciate all the questions in the chat room. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, if you, if you, if the 14 team league, that's no joke. So like if you can cover eight points from Jamal Williams, And you're probably going to have to start Rex Burkhead this weekend, which it's a really good matchup. Patriots going to uh, Houston. I really like that matchup. They're one of the worst teams against the running back. And then CeeDee Lamb himself going up against Minnesota. He's got a pretty nice matchup this weekend too. Andy Dalton's back into the lineup. So I do think CeeDee Lamb uh, does have a pretty high floor. Both, I mean, CeeDee Lamb before – before Dak Prescott went down CeeDee Lamb was one of the the hottest rookie receivers in the league so he kind of traded places with with Chase Claypool but I am open to CeeDee Lamb kind of being a serviceable wide receiver three uh the rest of the way so uh if you can if you if you can risk the trade I think I think it's worth a spot to cover up those running backs and then hopefully Raheem Mostert's back next week and then maybe David Johnson in a week or two so you got some pretty good receivers I I would I would kind of uh, I would roll with Galladay Higgins and then probably whip out CD Lamb and see what happens with those running backs. Uh, back to the uh, the Waiver or the, the Roto World news here. Alan Lazard will be eased back into the lineup. So if you're hoping to start Alan Lazard this weekend, probably not the best time to do it. He's probably going to be on a limited snap count. I wouldn't expect too much out of him this weekend. They do play Chicago next Sunday night football. So I would imagine we see a little bit more Lazard uh, in, the, in the matchup against Chicago there. We did mention Kenny Galladay returned to practice here, so this is really exciting news. We will have to monitor Matt Stafford. He's got the the, the thumb in his throwing hand. He's got a, lig- a ligament. I don't know if it's strained or pulled, but uh, something definitely to, to monitor there. We'll see if Stafford can practice tomorrow or Friday. Panthers already ruled out Christian McCaffrey, so hopefully he got Mike Davis. Uh, hopefully he can play better than he did last week, but really prime matchup there. I guess both the Carolina and the Detroit matchup, uh, both, both running backs should be in a smash spot, whether you have Deandre Swift or Mike Davis, two of the worst defenses against the running backs there. So that should be a really fun one to watch. Rashad Perriman limited today uh, at Jets practice. They did say that Sam Darnold's out already for this game. So it's going to be more Joe Flacco to Rashad Perriman. So I'm actually open to Rashad Perriman being a wide receiver, three flex. He's probably on a lot of people's waiver wire. So if you didn't need a wide receiver, I am open to Brashad Perriman, maybe being a guy Uh, I I really don't know if we're going to see much Sam Darnold the rest of the way. They really don't have much of an incentive to play him. If he's already dinged up, what's the point of throwing him out there when they're basically trying to get the first overall pick anyways. And uh, we see Brashad Perriman. He's been kind of in and out of the lineup all season, but last, you know, the last time we saw him five catches, 101 yards and two touchdowns, seven targets against the Patriots. He's, uh, he's one of the perfect, um, you know, compliments to a Joe Flacco style passing game. If you think about some of the receivers Flacco has played with, you know, he's hit John Brown, Torrey Smith, Steve Smith. He's got a lot of those, you know, the vertical receivers, the big bodied receivers. I think he complements Joe Flacco's game uh, pretty well there. So I'm kind of into Brashad Perriman a little bit. If you need the help at receiver, Drew Brees, we know he's not going to be back for at least – two, three games. We'll see. The Saints still have not called who their their starting quarterback is, so uh, I don't know if you guys play. I, I play most of my leagues on ESPN where they have Taysom Hill listed as quarterback slash tight end, so I'm, I'm considering starting, you know, Taysom Hill at the tight end spot and hoping that maybe he throws the ball five or six times uh, in that game against the Falcons. Again, Christian McCaffrey's not playing. We'll go through one more page here, uh, but if anyone has any more questions in the chat room, I'll hang out for another minute or two, uh, and then I got to go check out the NBA draft. Um, so Drew Locke, he has the rib injury. He's going to try and play this week. Uh, Brett Rippin is the backup there. I I'd would, I, Honestly, at this point, I'd kind of like to see what Brett Rippin can do with Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, and Tim Patrick. Uh, Drew Locke did throw the four interceptions last weekend. He's Probably not the quarterback of the future in Denver, so I'm a little bit nervous to see an injured Drew Lock with a rib injury. We'll see if he can practice the rest of the week. And then again, we kind of covered these, these Seahawk notes and the Kenyon Drake notes here, but Tyler Lockett did not practice yesterday. He got a limited practice in today, so he's he's going to play, but uh, there's a bit of a knee sprain there, so we'll see if he, if he can, basically, if you have Tyler Lockett, he had the 53-point PPR game against the Cardinals back in Week 7. It just sucks because you, you almost have to play him in this one if he's going to play. And uh, hopefully he can just get through this one healthy with no setbacks. Uh, again, Carlos Hyde has been full participant yesterday and today. He's probably going to be the lead ball carrier tomorrow night. Chris Carson, they they pretty much winked and said, hey, he's not going to play tomorrow night. We're going to roll with Hyde and Alex Collins. And then Kenyon Drake limited today. That's probably just an easy day for him uh, as he's basically just preparing You know, after his first game back last Sunday. So he should be good to go tomorrow night. And then again, Matthew Stafford with the partial tear in his throwing hand. So hopefully uh, he's getting Kenny is awful timing. He was just about to get Kenny Galladay back. They have a really juicy schedule uh, for the rest of our fantasy playoffs. So hopefully Matt Stafford can, uh, can tough it out in that one. He's one of the toughest quarterbacks in the league though. He plays through uh, quite a bit of injury. So I'm hopeful that uh, Matt Stafford is okay for Sunday, but uh, we're going on almost 40 minutes here in the in the group uh here and i think that's going to do it for the show tonight i'm going to probably hop back on again tomorrow night at six o'clock we're going to go over uh all my start sit charts for week uh week 11 we'll go over i think there's seven noon games so i'll cover all the noon games answer any questions start sit advice that you guys might need for me and then uh friday we'll go live again at 6 p.m central time we'll go over all of the three o'clock games we'll look at the sunday night and the monday night game so uh, we'll be busy the next two evenings. Come hang out with us again, 6 p.m. Central Time. If you're new to the YouTube channel, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and uh, check out the fantasyfellowship.com. That's going to do it for tonight's show. Thanks for your time. That's probably the most important asset you have. So I'm very thankful uh, for everyone hanging out in the chat room, whether that's Sunny, Lar Sunny Larmao, and we got Steven Drakes, and we got ISO Only. A couple of these guys I'm starting to, to notice uh, coming back to my channel, so I appreciate all you guys in the chat room and uh, have a good rest of your evening. We'll see you in another video. Peace.